0: thanks for tuning in back to the catch my drift podcast this is your host matt kelmis and today with me i got bobby stevens we are up here at stork lake lodge in ontario um spending a week up here doing some fishing muskie fishing walleye fishing and uh i got bobby here who's the owner of stork lake uh to chat a little bit about his resort Bobby, well, thanks for taking some time away from your busy schedule to join me here. I know you guys are always busy and uh, you know running around nonstop. But um, yeah, we got a couple beers, cocktail, and we're just kind of chilling here.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd have less work, but you guys jacked up a couple props today. So I <laughs> Did go we? Those oh boy, <laughs> it wasn't me, was it? Mm.
0: Okay. You're the good one. The just other the, two okay. not so good. <laughs> good, good. Just my my teammates. All right. Well, I guess uh, you know. First question: What are they biting on?
1: <laughs> For the most part this time of year they're usually in small baits. Yeah. I mean everybody wants to bring up these giant cowgirls and they I mean you just pretty much wear yourself down yeah. the entire day. I mean you don't need big stuff. Yeah. I mean I've cut more stuff on little tiny meps and stuff like that than anything else.
0: Yep. I figure uh that's a question that you get asked nonstop. Yes, yeah. it's constant, and it's yep.
1: and I get so many emails asking me, you know, what baits, what colors, what this, what that, you know, and it's almost the same thing almost every single year.
0: Yep, yep. Bring anything you want, but yeah, just mm-hmm. scale it down a little bit, a lot of bit. Yep, yep. Well, sweet man, um, yeah, I I I wanted to ask that question just because I'm sure it's you know, everybody who you pick up, asks that question where to go what to you know what to bring all that kind of stuff but um so it's kind of funny but um yeah i mean we were talking you know just a little bit earlier that there really isn't a bad spot on this lake to catch fish no i mean not at all like you said if you're in the water and you're at a decent the decently the right depth I mean, you'll be, you'll be smacking them.
1: Well, especially walleyes. But, I mean, yep. there's so many places to fish for walleyes on this lake. I mean, you pretty much can pull up on any single point after they've moved out of the rivers in the spring. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you'll catch 10, 20 on a bad day.
0: Yep, yep. Just
1: about on any spot.
0: So, I guess, tell me a little bit about Long-Legged Lake and the Long-Legged Lake chain, or Stork Lakes, too.
1: Uh, so... My dad, I can't really say that I found it or how to get here or any mm-hmm. of that. You know, I was three years old and my dad got the place. So okay. So I was pretty much just in diapers. Yeah. Uh, but he used to be a dairy farmer. And his dad, which was my grandpa, passed away before I was ever born, a year before I was born. That's actually my namesake. Okay. Um, and then his sister ended up getting breast cancer and she passed away as well. They both had cancer. He had leukemia. She had breast cancer. And he... Uh, <clears throat> he promised them that he was going to get out of the dairy dairy business. I mean, that it's not a very, you're getting up at 4 a.m. milking oh, cows yeah. in the morning. Yep. And then you're doing it again at night. You can't go on vacation. You can't go do anything because you always got to milk cows. Right. You got to milk them. I mean, right. there's no other option. So he uh, <clears throat> opted to sell the farm. And the guy that uh, actually picked up our milk, my dad told him, like, hey, you're not going to have to pick up our milk anymore. I sold the farm. It's gone you know and he hadn't even bought a resort you know anything like that he's just i'm selling the farm and i'm gonna go buy one so he ended up getting a list of all the resorts kind of in ontario that were for sale and there was like 120 of them wow it was a lot at the time and there's actually quite a few now too do you remember what year around this was so this would have been let's see here my grandpa died in 92 okay he would early 90s early 90s Yep. yep And he probably... He bought the North Camp in 97. Okay. Had the first guests in 98. Um, did some odd jobs in between, you know, until he got the place. But he told the milk guy, like I was saying, that uh, he uh, wasn't going to have to pick up milk anymore. And he asked him what he was going to do. Well, he said, like, well, I'm thinking about buying a resort. Because he used to go to Lake of the Woods all over in Canada mm-hmm. trying to fish for, you know, walleyes with his dad. And he... uh <clears throat> He basically asked my dad, you know, like, hey, is there any resort that you uh, haven't narrowed down to? Well, he's like, well, there's 120 of them, and I can't. I mean, how do you (laughs) go visit 120 camps? You can't. Yeah. Well, he called the marine biologist up here asking, you know, he gave him a criteria. Like, hey, I want walleyes, muskies, that sort of stuff, and I want to be, you know, good fishing. So, basically, they narrowed it down to, I think, seven different resorts. I mean, he pretty much knocked most of them off the list. Wow. So, he... Told the guy, like, hey, these are the seven resorts that I, I'm thinking about buying. And it just so happened that the, the guy who picked up our milk had fished this lake oh. before and said the fishing was just dumb. I mean, beyond dumb. Yeah. I was like, well, I mean, geez, like, that's pretty much a sign I'm going to get that place. So my dad actually flew up here in the wintertime on skis <laughs> and looked at the north camp. And he's like, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So we bought that in 97 with a partner um, in... 2000 this place came up for sale. It used to be a uh, owned by a paper mill company. Okay. It was privately owned. Um they didn't have the landing road going into the lake. So it was kind of basically a fly in. Sure. And th- once the uh we're going to put the landing road in, uh Abitibi wanted out. You know, it was a private executive retreat for all their top employees. They're showing up in suits and ties and everything else, you know, not yep. like true fishermen, you know. Yeah. And uh <clears throat> so they told my dad like, "Hey, do you want to buy this place? And he was all over it. I mean, this this is centrally located on yep. the whole system as opposed to the other one. Right. When it's on the very north end. Well, if you got a west wind, too, it almost destroyed the docks every single time you got a hard west wind. So it was kind of a headache and everything else. Well,
0: it's such a big lake, too. Well, it I is. Mean, it's that wide north open. lake is
1: huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I guess, it's 120 feet, too. So, I mean, it's pretty deep. Right. But he ended up owning them both for a year. So he would go back and forth through that shallow rapids to lift. Oh, yeah every day oh he'd boy. be coming down here to check on guests going up there working on and it was just i mean it you see how much work it is just here right now you're bouncing back and forth between two resorts right it was way too much work
0: was it tough for him to get you know i mean obviously last year when we'll get to this here in a minute or two too but last year was the water was just outrageously high and this year it's quite a bit lower i mean were there ever years where he had was not able to get from the upper from north resort down here
1: for the most part he can make it and if he didn't he would have to go around go down the road go put a boat in by the landing and come clear over here so i mean it was a lot of work
0: sure sure that's kind of a pain
1: yes so he had both of them for a year a year and a half i think and then he uh he basically said, "Hey, if you want to stay up there, you know, do his partner, and I'll come down here, and it'll be the end of it and then they yep. were they were good with that, yeah, so he stayed up there, and my dad came down here, been here ever since for the last twenty four years now, so sweet. sweet, long time,
0: and like you said, you he's owned the resort ever since you were three, so this is kind of how you grew up,
1: oh, this is home away from home, yeah, I mean, I spent every summer here as a kid, yeah, so
0: yeah, so one uh I guess every you said every summer that kind of just sparked a question when do you guys get up here is it pretty much at ice out or is it
1: so walleye opener is the third saturday of may and we usually come up four days prior to that so we're usually here the monday or tuesday after mother's day okay and then we're getting everything ready for three days and the first people show up on friday to fish on saturday so it's like balls of the wall let's go do
0: you ever wish you had more than four days
1: (laughs) you know it's a give and take thing because you know you got families at home and you're, yeah. you know you want to spend time with them as much as possible before you go leave because then you're here for four and a half months and you ain't going anywhere right, right. A, well my dad can go now because i'm older and i can kind of run the place but before right. it was basically he had to be here 24 7 so
0: <laughs> yep yep well sweet so talk a little bit too about you said about the fishing here you said one of the reasons that your dad wanted to get this place is just because the fishing's dumb. I mean, it's it, and it really is. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like any other fishing. I mean, where I live, we're we're uh, in the southeast corner of Minnesota, nestled right into the Mississippi, mm-hmm. and they got walleyes there and northerns. Of um, you got to travel a little bit to to find muskies, but there's some around. You know, if you head up into Wisconsin or Minnesota, obviously, but some around. You know, maybe an hour and a half drive for me. Right, but it's nothing like. It is here. I mean, no. if we back home, if we go a day, you know, we do a day float um, on, on a river. If we do a day float and we see one or two, maybe three. I mean, we're having a hell of a day. But one of the better days I I can remember. I caught me and my buddy. I was fishing with. We were floating in his raft. Uh, we caught five muskies, and that we were. I mean, we were juiced. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a great day. I mean. All the stars have to line just like here. I mean, right, just like here or anywhere for muskies. But I mean, we were high fiving and fist bumping, and it was a hell of a day. But just the last two days here of fishing, I mean, I vote I myself, I voted five muskies in the last two days. Um, uh, my uncle Charlie, he's got like six. I mean, and but and we've seen some just absolute tanks mm-hmm. here. So, talk a little bit about like what's what's going on here at this lake you know we've got muskies or you've got muskies here obviously but what uh why do you think it, it it's so different than anywhere else
1: so the amount of walleyes per acre in this lake is dumb i mean just straight dumb <laughs> yeah um so i actually uh i was fishing with a couple buddies just i don't know like a week ago and we have a little clicker because sure. it's mean, so, so stupid how many walleyes you catch. So yep. we sat there and clicked every single walleye basically from 8 o'clock in the morning until about 5.30 in the afternoon. It got so bad we were chopping minnows into thirds because we didn't <laughs> have any bait. We were looking for heads all over the boat. Yep. But we ended up with uh, 401 walleyes. Wow. Just in that eight-hour window. Holy cow. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. But this lake actually never used to be a premier musky lake. Okay. It actually used to be a pike lake. The pike were dominant in the lake there's 45 inch pike you know kind of like a manitoba thing sure they don't have muskies over there so the, the northerns are the kind of the top dog yeah well over the last probably 15 years there's been a definite switch the muskies have started to repopulate and they've started to take over the pike and i don't know if you've noticed or not but over the course of the last five to seven years there have been so many muskies that are 24 inches to like 34 inches there's tons yeah oodles of them yeah as whereas before, I mean, you'd be seeing the thirty sixes or the forties, forty fours, whatever the bigger ones, but you wouldn't see the small ones. Mm-hmm. And now there's small ones everywhere. Yeah. I mean, I bet I caught, you know, I didn't. I don't get the fish very much. I mean, it's like a total of thirty hours throughout the entire summer, and sure. and I bet I caught fifteen to twenty of them little suckers. Wow! But everybody that comes in keeps telling me, "Oh, we caught a twenty four inch or twenty eight inch or a thirty inch." I'm like, oh. you know, it's just. Better for me later on because those fish are just going to get bigger, and I'm going to get more. Right. But there's so many walleyes that those muskies can feed on. Yeah. You know they have an abundance of food, and the walleyes. So here's an interesting thing: there's so much phytoplankton in this lake that the minnows are they're so plentiful that they can support so many walleyes. Okay. There's not a lot of lakes that have that much food for the minnows. Sure. So we have so many minnows. You get all these walleyes, and then you get all these muskies or pike or whatever else. It's just a trickle-down effect, all Absolutely. because of that phytoplankton.
0: Yep, yep. So what, why why do you think, or what, what's the reason for that switch 15 years ago?
1: So muskies are a little bit more of a, I don't know what you want to say, a dominant species. Okay. <clears throat> now, granted, pike like cold water. Mm-hmm. They're always crazy about cold water. They grow slower. Everything grows slower. Muskies will grow really slow because they like warm water. Obviously, when the water temp gets warmer, their metabolism increases and they eat more. Yep. So if it stays colder longer, the pike are going to flourish as opposed to the muskies. Now, over the past, I don't know, if you want to say 10 years, all this global warming, whatever you yeah, want to call yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but we've noticed the water temps get way warmer now. But that's also because of the fact that the water's been lower for so many years as yeah. opposed to before. So now the water's getting warmer, these muskies are thriving, and the pike are going deeper into cold water and not growing as fast. So the muskies are growing way quicker, and they're taking over the northerns that are going deeper.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if if, if the water is getting warmer and the muskies obviously like the warmer, yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to thrive. Yep. And like you said, they've got more than enough to eat. I mean, I was thinking, Charlie and I were talking about this the other day in the boat, I mean, you can talk, you know how it is. You fished for mm-hmm. 11 hours every day. You talk about random weird things, but you know, if you, if you want to go out and catch a you know, a Northern pike, any size, whether it's nine inches or 40 inches, you can go, you know, to a weed bed, throw your whatever out there, you know, your favorite lure, throw that sucker out there. And it seems like those, those pike that are, I don't know, 24 inches. You can catch as many as you want, just to oh, your heart's but, content, yes, absolutely, but we were talking about that like, why is that you know, but and what we what we could think of what we came up with is just because they want to get big, they want to get big so fast, mm-hmm. and they're so aggressive because they have to eat any any opportunity that they can get to eat, they do right, so I mean that's kind of what we came up with, but
1: well i mean have you guys noticed when you've been casting all these schools of perch that keep following the oh, yeah. bait oh yeah right so all those no- little northerns are sitting in those weeds picking off those all those little, little five six seven inch perch in those you know yep. it's, it's easy food for them
0: yep we were talking to some guys here this week from i speaking of perch we were talking to these guys from iowa and how you know how's the you know how it is you meet each other at the dock small talk for whatever three minutes and it's, you get your you rig up and get your boat ready and they were up from iowa perch fishing mm-hmm. is that common here
1: you know we get some jumbos but for the most part you're 10 11 12 inch perch. yeah but for the most part you're going to catch a lot of sevens eights and nines not a lot of people come up here to fish perch they find out actually here that we have perch and like oh i want to catch perch because they want to take 25 of them home or yeah. whatever yeah but we don't really get many perch fishermen that are like true perch fishermen
0: sure and because there's perch too, I mean, walleyes love eating perch. Mm-hmm. Pike, muskies love eating perch. Yep. I mean, that's just another thing besides minnows that these that these right. fish can eat. Are in here? Are there uh, like ciscos or yep. white? Yeah, ciscos. Yeah, there's ciscos
1: and whitefish, okay. and we also have suckers in here too. Really? When we get here in the spring, actually, you can see underneath the DD bridge there. Yep. And they're just all sc- like two and a half, three pound suckers just sitting under there spawning. Spawning. You sure. could go down there and spear a hundred of them yeah. if you wanted to. <laughs>
0: be good good be it would be good bait.
1: Oh, ah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um yeah, that's sweet. I was also wondering too, you know, a lot of these northern Ontario lakes have smallmouth
1: bass in them. Yep. And you never see those here. So where we actually flow into the English River. Yep. And obviously the English River has smallmouth Well, there's two or three waterfalls that are like 20 feet tall that they can't get up. Otherwise, this lake would definitely have smallmouth on it. I mean, it has everything they need for smallmouth to flourish. But I think that's another reason why the walleyes are so plentiful, because they don't have to compete with smallmouth. Yeah. I mean, bass in general are very aggressive fish. They are. They're aggressive feeders and everything else, you know, so they're eating a lot of the walleye eggs and stuff like that in other lakes. Whereas here, you know, they don't have to compete with the bass.
0: So (laughs) if you ever saw bass here, would you be bummed out? Would you like it? I mean, I know you're a bass fisherman back home. We were talking about that a little bit on the dock the other day, but.
1: You know, I, I don't know. I, it's such a special walleye lake that yeah. I don't know that I'd want to ruin it. Yeah. You yeah. know, but it, it's great because you have another species you can fish, but at the same time, you know, people are coming here to fish walleyes primarily. You know, you get later months, people are fishing muskies more, mm-hmm. but even still, there's 85% people, 85% of the people that come here are walleye guys.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. So, and and like you said too, it'd be more competition for the walleyes. I exactly. mean, the bass are going to be eating the same thing that you know, mm-hmm. tiny perch and yep. minnows. You know, right? They're going to be eating the same thing those walleyes want to eat, and then, yeah, wouldn't be as good of a walleye. Exactly. As, yeah, so, if they were.
1: You know, it's it's good because you got another species, but at the same time, your walleyes probably aren't going to be as good. So yep. it's a give and take.
0: Yep. absolutely. So um, one other thing, if you look at your website, I noticed you guys do moose hunts as well. Yep. Do you still do those? Oh yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well. So, we only have two bull tags now, and these guys are so dead set on hunting moose that they literally are flip-flopping every other year to hunt them. Really? Yep. Okay. The one guy shot like eight or nine bulls at this point. I mean, he's obsessed. He loves it. Yes. Yeah.
0: That's cool. So, I did see... um, Boating around you know different bays and stuff we did see a moose carcass so i mean they're definitely around mm-hmm. yeah so that's pretty cool do you guys i mean there's one sitting in the lodge here there's one up yeah, over, right? over my shoulder right here so i mean you guys and, and some moose sheds over here by the fireplace yep. you guys get into them pretty decently
1: uh, you know it's obviously not alaska i mean you're not yeah. out in the yukon but yep. uh the population's actually pretty high um it's probably better the last five years than it was the previous 10 um I mean, we've seen more bulls, more cows, everything else on the yeah. lake. I mean, it was to the point where we weren't seeing anything. But the wolves were almost at an all-time high. Okay. And they were decimating the population. I mean, you can we used to have white tails all over the lake. I yeah. don't know that I've seen a deer in the last 7 years around Holy the lake. Holy cow. But then we had a, you know, we had a big winter and, you know, the wolves kind of even themselves out. It's no different than coyotes at home. You know, you get tons of rabbits and there's tons of coyotes. You lose the rabbits, there's less coyotes. It's right. no different than here. Yep with the wolves
0: sure but. sweet so moose hunts i guess you know you, you mentioned um walleye openers a little bit after month you're up here a little bit after mother's day yep. when those moose hunts are going on when does that season wrap
1: up so the opener is the third saturday of september and we usually hunt the following tuesday to tuesday and then we go home at that okay. point we're usually ready to go home yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> so will you guys have guests fishermen guests up here until then or
1: so we try not to have any moose hunter or uh any fishermen during the moose hunting time yep. uh you know they're running around the lake and we hunt a lot from the lake so you know, if you're driving around with the boat you might be spooking them off or whatever makes so sense we're pretty much booked solid until september 15th 16th okay and then we just stop taking fishermen
0: okay gotcha so once september rolls around your moose hunts are all done and everybody's tags filled hopefully hopefully you guys pack up at the end of the season and how long does that take you
1: we're able to do it periodically you know because okay. we we taper down towards the end of the year we might have every cabin full but they're not big groups you yep. know it's a group of two here group of four group of two so we only need like let's say 10 boats so we'll take a couple mornings or whatever if nobody's guiding and we'll put five six boats away here five six boats sure. away there or we'll yeah. close down you know because we know where the water lines are going you know so there's We can block off certain cabins, and we can shut all the water down there. Okay. If we were to do it all in one shot, I would probably say it take three, four days to do it all in one shot. That's pretty quick. It's pretty quick. I mean, granted, you're doing it all day long, but we can get it done probably in four days.
0: So that's September. What do you... So you get to go home. Mm -hmm. What do you do then? Go home? Yeah. Well,
1: it's weird, first off. (laughs) I mean, like, you've been here for four and a half months, and, you know, you're... You're working basically from 6 a.m. to 11 p.m. A lot
0: like dairy farming. Exactly. A lot like dairy (laughs) farming except it's fishing instead. Boy, he he thought he was going to get out of dairy farming and Uh look at what he got. Right. No days off and you're working from dawn to dusk. Yeah.
1: At least it's only four and a half months instead of 12. That's right. Right. No, I mean it's it's not bad. I mean, I I go to work immediately when I get back home. Okay, I'd get bored if I didn't. What do you do for work? I actually work at a meat locker, so I go from oh. chopping up fish to chopping up deer, or beef, or pork, or whatever it may be. Gotcha. But.
0: And from uh, what I understand, you know, you and I have known each other. I, I think this. I was trying to think. This is probably my eighth, seventh, or eighth year back up here. Right. We had a couple of years off, of course, the, with the border closures and everything, and um but we talk whitetails, you know, mm-hmm. here and there, and you're an Iowa guy. Yep. What a better spot to be an Iowa guy or a deer hunting guy than in Iowa.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you, I'm from Southeast Minnesota too. Yep. You know, and basically little town of Hayfield, there's nothing around. It's pretty much a fence line and some dirt. Yep. You know, so it wasn't much of a hunting opportunity there. Well, after I graduated high school, you know, we, we really wanted to move to Iowa to hunt big whitetails, and my stepmom was from Iowa, so it kind of just made sense. And we moved to south-central Iowa, and I think the first year I was out there hunting, and I saw this probably 180, maybe, maybe 190-inch deer. It was the first time I'd ever sat in Iowa, and I'm thinking, oh, like <laughs> shooting fish in a barrel. Right. Like, I, you know, and at that time, I was trying to film. So this buck comes by at like 12 yards broadside, and I'm trying to get the camera on him. You know, it's hard to do during the run- the are running around chasing does. Especially when you're by yourself. Exactly. Yep. Filming yep. by myself. And I couldn't get the camera on him, so I passed him. I passed this 180, 190-inch deer yep. 12 yards broadside because I couldn't get a camera on him. I'm thinking, <laughs> hey... Next day, I'm just going to be 180, di- another 180 walking by. I'll be able to shoot that one. Right? Yeah, not the case. <laughs> uh, I don't know that. I think I saw one other deer about that same size over the last like six years. Sure, but never got a shot at it.
0: Well, two hundred and eighty 180 inches in six years is pretty. Still I damn good. know, right? Pretty you damn get spoiled good. Spoiled
1: down. It's kind of like fishing down here. You get yeah. spoiled.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Not every uh, not every tree's got 180 inch behind it, but there are some that have 180 inches right. behind it. Just like there's, you know, 48 inch or. Mm-hmm. fifty four inches behind the, you yeah, know exactly. some rock reefs, yeah yep, sweet man um and speaking speaking of um of different species I, I and backing up a little bit too i'm sitting across from across the table from a gentleman right now who's the silver northern pike record holder
1: right you know and so the only reason I caught that fish uh Bob Comer had a giant musky on. I, what is it 15 years ago give or take i yep. think i was thir- 12 or 13 when i caught that so it'd be about 17 years ago bob had lost this giant muskie that they estimated to be between 60 and 63 inches oh. they took they took the megapixels of the bait he was using and then compared them to the megapixels of the fish on the screen and they guessed it from 60 to 63 well we went back into that same exact bay looking for that muskie yep well instead we ended up getting that record silver northern yeah so, so what is
0: a silver northern?
1: It's basically it's just a subspecies of a northern. Okay. It's not like you're crossing a northern and muskie like for a tiger. Yep. It's just a subspecies of them. They're yep. they're pretty indigenous to Ontario, Canada. Um you do get a few in the States, but not a ton. Um yep. I actually dropped off a turkey to get it mounted two years ago and the guy actually had a silver northern that the guy had caught in Clear Lake in northern Iowa. Hmm. I had no idea they even existed in Iowa no until kidding. the guy told me.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I just don't really hear about them.
1: No. Yeah. I mean, I've only caught like six or seven in my life. and Have I've you? been here for 26 years. Wow. Maybe.
0: Do you ever get guests that say they caught one or show you a picture of this weird fish or yeah, bring most one them, in?
1: Most of them are thinking they're muskies, you know, because they're really silver. They don't look anything like Really northern. clear. Right. Yeah, they're clear, yeah. silver, bluish, got a little pinkish to them. Yep. But, I mean, people are almost getting more excited about catching the silver northerns than they do muskies or whatever else. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've caught... I think like 235 muskies at this point and i've only caught six silver northerns wow so i mean the silver northerns are way more rare than a muskie yeah I, I don't know have you ever caught one
0: i don't think so right i don't think i have i mean there's yeah.
1: just not that many of them
0: and i've i wish i had a dollar for every northern pike i've caught oh, this lake, because i'd be able dumb. to pay for my trip
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean if you pull into a shallow bay i mean me and my cousin used to do it for fun just yeah. to see how many we could catch yeah we, yeah we call it the three bays it's up by stonehenge and you go back and we caught I think sixty seven little Northerns. You know they ranged from eighteen clear up to thirty eight sure. that day. But I mean there were sixty seven of them. Holy it cow! Was mm-hmm. It was dumb. Just stacked. Mm hmm. Stacked.
0: That's crazy. So a sixty You said Bob Mason Comer had a a six, or well, what, what did it follow in or something or? So he actually saw lure?
1: that fish. Either that afternoon or the day prior. I think it was the same afternoon. Okay. He he was using a, a topwater bait and this this so when they get that big, it's almost like they move in three sections. Their heads here, <laughs> the middle of their bodies over here, and their tail's clear over here. Yeah. I mean it's it's an eerie thing. I I've seen one that's pushed that sixty inch mark and they just look like alligators. Wow. I mean, you literally the head is clear up here by the trolling motor, and then halfway down the gunnel here's the tail. That's insane. But they're, they're really slow moving. They yep. don't move very fast. It's just like a, ooh, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah.
0: What time of year was that?
1: That was in September, early okay. September. Um, if I had to pick a time to pick a, you know, to find a giant muskie, I'm talking the 55-plusers, not even the 50s, the 55s are bigger. You're more likely going to see them towards the back end of the summer in the beginning of the fall, um, especially up here. You know, they, they feel it changing. Mm-hmm. the season's changing the days are getting shorter time to put a feed bag right on. and that's yep. exactly what they pull out of that deep water and they start coming in the shallow to feed before fall before winter
0: yep that's that's one thing that me and my buddies have found back home too I, and one of my friends specifically he's always trying to get me out in his boat or raft you know to fish in the fall but you and i know you and i both know mm-hmm. what's going on in the fall is is deer hunting season right and well we can't do that any or any other time in the year than in the fall exactly so it's tough to pull us out of the tree stand or out of the woods if you're what doing whatever it's about know? impossible for me because yeah.
1: hunting is my passion yeah. for sure i mean <laughs> yeah. i love fishing but you know fishing is almost work here you yep. know you're constantly dealing with fishermen every single day yeah but then i go home and hunting is what i want to do for my hobby i, I
0: totally mean. get it i totally get it <laughs> mm-hmm. so you want to catch it mega it's in the fall But I want you to talk a little bit, too, about what those fish are doing, you know, like when you first open. I mean, ice out. when was ice out this year for you guys? I
1: think it was like May 5th. Okay. It's usually the first week of May. That's pretty normal.
0: First week of May. Yeah. So what are those, what are muskies doing in the early, early spring versus what are they doing? You know, I guess kind of walk through what they're doing. In the spring and all the way into the later latter half of the season in the fall.
1: Right. So muskies usually spawn at a temperature from 45 to 60 degrees for the most part. So they're spawning potentially the end of May, but usually the first couple of weeks of June is probably the most okay. likely. I mean, we were we we're fishing a spot this year for pike, and there was two different sets of male females. And the males would basically try to push the female away from the bait. They were trying to get them away and herd them back into where... You know, essentially they can breed them, which obviously sure. they aren't breeding them, but they didn't want those females to get away from them. So they'd sit there and they'd turn them back and they'd nudge them and then turn them back into the shallow waters. That's to try crazy. To breed but,
0: just like watching a just like watching a buck, you know, push a mm-hmm. doe off That's somewhere. That's exactly right.
1: Yeah, You know, it didn't seem any different, but I mean, you can definitely tell because they're, I mean, they're touching each other the whole way into the bait. You're basically, you're looking like you see this truck coming, you know, from far <laughs> out, it looks like one fish. So you're like oh my god look at the size of this thing it's like 16 inches wide because yep. you got two of them next to each other but then you know you get them up to the boat and you can obviously tell it's two different fish but i mean in the same spot two different pairs so back to your original question uh when the ice is going out you know northerns can spawn underneath the ice Muskies are back off a little bit, you know, and they're kind of waiting their turn. You oh, said they the prefer warm the warm up. water. Exactly. Yeah. They're trying to get the water to warm up before they spawn. So after the water warms up, you know, they're finally pushing to the shallows with a little bit of current and whatever else, you know, they need. And after about 60 degrees, they're usually done spawning. I mean, they can go past that, but 45 to 60 is kind of their range. Um, and then they're, they're in the shallow stuff. They're trying to get warm. They're in really shallow water. There's times they'll be sitting in a foot of water just mm-hmm. trying to warm up. I mean, I'm sure you'll see it. If you ever get a bright, calm, sunny day, they'll just be sitting at the top of the water, and you'll see drive by and pretty soon, oh, there's Oop, oh, there's one, just sitting on the reef. And they're not interested in a bait. They might come look at it, and they just, you know, fluff off. Yeah. But um, after it finally gets warm enough, most of the fish are going to be in the weeds. Okay. For the most part. It isn't until later in the summer. You know, even now, you know, the water temp got... Really warm early. I mean, we had 90-degree temperatures way in May. I mean, that's unheard of. Usually it's 50 degrees. I mean, there's times it's been snowing when we've been out fishing. Yeah. We've had to shovel six inches of snow out of the boat in May. (laughs) I mean, the boats are almost sinking. Right. But... After they get warm enough, you know, they'll be hanging in the weeds. And then once all the weeds are topped out, you get all those cabbage beds. They're hanging in those ca- deeper cabbage beds. so The oxygen levels are way higher. It's good cover for them. Yep. You know, they're big fish. They got to hide.
0: Great ambush spot. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, after, you know, some of those weeds are matured and some of them will start dying, then they start pushing in the rocks. Then you got half your fish on rocks, half your fish in the weeds. Generally speaking, most of your bigger fish early in the year are coming from the weeds. But as you progress throughout the season, halfway through, your bigger fish are starting to move out to the big lake, which is exactly what the wallers are doing. They're following their bait. That's all they're doing. Yep. So the wallers are pushing into the big part of the lake. They're pushed to the humps, the points, the reefs, whatever it may be. And those muskies are following. So then, for the most part, the big fish are going to be on the rocks, for the most part.
0: When do you, what time of year, if you were, if you were to guess, what, uh, what week or two weeks, three week period does that switch occur
1: for the most part obviously it's depending upon water temperature yeah. i would say the first couple weeks of july maybe the last week of june but mostly the first couple weeks of july that's okay. when the fish are starting to transition to the rocks
0: so today we're, when we're recording this is june 28th yep that switches might might be starting right now right yep absolutely so i mean that totally makes sense for what i've been seeing in the boat You know, this week, I mean, we've been fishing rock reefs, we've been fishing weeds and, you know, like weed beds adjacent to deep water, weed beds adjacent to, you know, rock reefs and stuff like that. And we're finding fish on both, you Mm -hmm. know, in weed beds on big rock reefs. Yesterday, my dad and I fished together in the same boat and we hit, I don't know if I were to guess a couple dozen different spots, but they were all rock reefs Mm -hmm. and there were fish. We probably had 16 follows, you know, caught Uh, caught one tiger muskie yesterday yep but um i mean yeah there i mean there were fish on every dang near every two-thirds of one of those spots you know we saw we saw fish so it could be that that switch is happening right now i
1: almost guarantee it is and we're ahead of schedule the water's lower so the water's getting warmer faster and all these fish are pushing well another issue that we're having this year because the water temp got so warm early and the uh, the water's low the weeds grew faster sure well at that same time those walleyes were still shallow so i'm sure you're having the same thing that most everybody else is having a lot of those walleyes are staying in the weeds mm-hmm. i mean as soon as those weeds popped they were so shallow they stayed in the weeds yeah so generally on years like this you'll catch walleyes the entire season in the weeds now, Grant, they're still going to move on to the bigger lake, but you're going to catch way more wallies in the weeds than you would on a normal year. Sure. So those muskies are going to hang in the weeds longer than they normally would on any given year as well. Yep.
0: Yep. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So after that switch, um, if you want to go catch a big fish, do you focus more on rock reefs or do you focus more on points or what do you...
1: So... Obviously, I'm sure you've probably heard. For the most part, if you're looking for this mega, yep. they're going to be connected to deep water. Yep, they're, the, you're going to need walleyes on it. Yep, uh, deep water, and so I've never found many muskies on flat rocks. It's boulders that they like, big boulders. So you're looking for big bouldery points, big bouldery reefs connected to deep water that have walleyes. In this lake, well, every place you fish pretty much has walleyes, <laughs> so you don't really have to worry about that. So you're mostly looking for rock reefs. Or the deep humps, and a lot of those big, big, big fish don't really ever come shallow. It's very rare that you see them. I mean, we were talking about it yesterday or today, about that giant one you saw out on a reef last, or what, five years ago, six years ago, I don't remember. It was probably,
0: it was the last year that I was here, which was three years. Yeah, three years ago. Yep.
1: 2019, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. But you don't get to see those fish very often. I mean, I've maybe only found... 15 to 20 over 55 and that's fishing a lot right you know either whether it be with buddies or myself or whatever it may be family but you don't see very many of those fish. they don't they can't it's hard for them to get that big because they they have to get really old to get that big right because up here they grow very slow in the colder water down home they grow faster but don't live as long so it's a you know they might get to 50 but they die it's hard for them to get to the fifty-five, sixty inches or whatever. But up here, they live way longer. It just takes forever for forever for them to get there.
0: Yeah, when you get that old, you're you're slow growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you only make I don't know how fast a muskie grows when they're that big, but
1: yeah, I mean it's half like a half an, an inch. inch
0: a year. Yep. Yeah,
1: it's not much. That's crazy. I mean, they only have like a three-month growing season, and then it's cold. They go deep, <laughs> lethargic, and they don't feed. They just right. sit there.
0: Right. Yeah. When you're when it's ice for six months out of the year you you Mm -hmm. just pretty much just loaf right right um so yeah that's cool so how do you that uh that time of year how do you target a fish like that in the in the fall if you want it like you said if you want to catch a mega how do you target that fish are you trolling are you you know jigging like a tube
1: you can do that um you can go off the sides of reefs Personally, what I would do, I would fish the shallow stuff first. I would fish on top to see if, you know, because generally if they're shallow, they're wanting to feed. That's why they've come up, just to feed. So you can fish the top part. You'll fish the top part. You don't see them in the shallows or whatever. You can get off the side. You know, say you're fishing in 10 to 8 feet, you know, 6 feet of water when you first start going. Well, then you can back off the reef and start fishing in that. 18 to 12 feet and you can either throw crankbaits to get down there a little deeper you can jig tubes off the side or like medusas or bulldogs or yeah. whatever it may be that sort of stuff or you control cranks last year we actually had one of those giant ones on the 55 plusers trolling on the point he he, it always came up after walleyes but it would never come in on a bait ever it just kept going after walleyes after walleyes after walleyes uh, so,
0: you mean after walleyes as you'd catch a walleye right. you'd be reeling it in fighting it and that sucker would come in mm-hmm. because it, it, it thinks it's injured or it, right. it knows it's vulnerable. Yep. Now's the time to eat it. Right. Mm-hmm. and you know It's an easy meal.
1: Well, right. Right now, there's a lot, a lot of the bigger muskies are trying to, you know, basically, I don't know, regain their energy, so to speak. And they're feeding post, on post these. spawn right, yep. and, they're, and they're feeding on these walleyes. So a lot of these big fish right now are in those groups of walleyes. You aren't seeing a ton of big, 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 I'm talking the 50-plusers when you're casting. I mean, yep. you're seeing nice fish, though, 45s, 47s, 50, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. But a lot of those big, big fish are sitting with those walleyes. Okay. And I don't know how many. I bet of the 20 spots we fished, at least 15 of them had big muskies coming up after walleyes on them. Wow.
0: Big. Big re, ones. Like, like
1: 40, 48s all the way up to 55s. Jeez. There's these pigs coming up after walleyes. Wow.
0: So to almost target that fish right now. Yep. You need to throw something that looks like a injured walleye. Yeah,
1: like almost like a swim bait. Type. Okay. I've done very well with swim baits. Yep. Um, sometimes you can use like slow-moving baits, like jerk baits and stuff like that, to trigger fish. Um, I'm sure you've seen some lazier fish that just don't want to move or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yep. But you can dangle one of those jerk baits in their face, and sometimes you can get a rea- reactionary bite out of them just sure. from that.
0: sure. So do do you ever use you know on the boats you've got here you've got depth finders and stuff, but do you ever use like live scope or do you ever use any of those electronics to find fish right like We've this used time
1: side here? imaging and that sort of stuff and live scopes um they're good to an extent, but you know if they're hiding in the boulders you're looking at a boulder and they're on the other side of it sure you know, sometimes it's hard to see them
0: sure, sure how often just a question, you know. I'm thinking about these muskies that'll hang around a school of walleyes on a point, on a rock reef, wherever. How often does that musky pick off one of these walleyes?
1: Uh, it's actually pretty often. I mean, you would think that they're really slow because they're big, mm-hmm. but I mean, if they want to eat, they're going to eat. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about it.
0: What I mean, are they eating a fish a day?
1: Well, a lot of that depends on water temperature. Okay. Their metabolism increases as the water temperature gets higher. That's why when you you catch more muskies, when the water's warmer. Yep. Um, They can feed on... I mean, they could eat two walleyes in a day. Okay. No problem. 16 inches, that sort of stuff. But those big fish, I mean, they could be eating 30-inch walleyes, and they go deep, and they just sit there and wait for it to digest.
0: You ever seen them eat anything really weird, like a baby loon or a...
1: Funny you should ask. So I was actually fishing... I don't know, eight years ago, and I had just seen this, like, 50-inch muskie, and it was coming in hot. I had actually went through the spot three times, and this fish kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. I'm like, oh, we're going to have to go back on it again, you know, throw something different. Yep. And as soon as I said that, I was like, man, that would really suck if it ate one of those ducks swimming by. <laughs> and, I mean, almost as soon as I said that, this I mean, just this big old basketball mouth comes up and crushes one of the baby ducks in the back. Gone. And the mom just freaks out, but I mean, it was gone. There's yep. nothing. Feathers just poof <laughs> and gone. <clears throat> it was pretty sweet, though.
0: That is crazy. I I know of one one story that uh, of a muskie. It was only, you know, you're talking about muskies here that are like you know, into the mid 50s up, even up into six into 60. This fish was 51 inches, which. I feel like is a, is oh, it's a, a very stud. very fish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was ca- uh, caught on Lake of the woods. It was my, my cousin, Anna was dating this guy at the time. His name was Jackson and my uncle and Jackson were out fishing and Anna's dad, my uncle Jordy and, and um, Jackson were out fishing and he caught um, that muskie 51 inches. And they are like, you know, they're reeling in, taking the hook out of his mouth. They're like, what is going on in this fish's mouth? And I kid you not, there was a merganser's wing <laughs> sticking out of its throat like you could see the the wing oh my god and the belly of that fish i mean you know what the size of a merganser mm-hmm. they're, they're big, big. Mm-hmm. i mean it's like a like a full on mallard duck yep so i mean it was a that sucker was hungry and it ate still with that wing half mm-hmm. out of its mouth yep so i mean that being said you know they could eat you know a whole a full size duck and oh, then no still problem. be hungry. So, they, mm-hmm. yeah, they may eat two walleyes in a day. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem. But I've also heard rumors, too, of, I mean, you know, wolves. I mean, they, you know, like a, a gray wolf. Mm-hmm. They only have to eat every four days or something. Right. And I've heard rumors that muskies will do that, too. But yep. I guess, like you said, it all depends on the time of the year. If yep. that the, the metabolism of the muskie is high when the water temps high. I yep. mean.
1: And a lot of it depends upon whether or not that fish goes deep or not. Sure. You know, if they go deep, the water's way colder and yep. they don't digest as fast. So they eat this big meal, they go down there. You don't see them for another five, six days, whatever Maybe. <laughs> may be. Yep. Yep.
0: So all this talk about, you know, what they're eating. I mean, they've got walleyes to eat. They've got Cisco's suckers, baby ducks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what are your, give me three musky baits that you, that are your favorite. You've always got in your box that you're you know one's probably on your rod right now but if it's not gonna eat that one you're gonna put this next one next one or two on what are the three of your favorite top musky baits
1: sure well are we talking like three different bucktails or you're talking three different types of baits
0: your three favorite whatever your three favorite are
1: there's no doubt in my mind the first bait i'm throwing is a baby flasher uh shumway bait okay Uh, they're number seven blades yep i love small baits so a little bit smaller yeah so a normal like a showgirl is an eight sure these ones are sevens
0: like a double cowgirls like a 10
1: a double cowgirls a 10 a girl's an eight yep. and this is a seven i mean they're a dream they, they're great casting yep they don't great reeling you're great you're not reeling. gonna wear not yourself, gonna burn out yourself out yeah. you can cast them all day long i've caught so many fish on those baits it's dumb. okay um
0: so it's essentially like a buker tail buck tail
1: yeah it's a tandem blade i mean it's a double blade okay um you got the negative you know, so it's sitting there flashing the marabou and everything else. What color? Uh I'm going brown. Okay. Brown and white, like a walleye. Yeah. All day long. Makes sense. Um number two, uh, an inhaler bucktail. Those things are like ten dollars. They're cheap. They're yep. I mean, they're great. The only thing I would say with an inhaler, you're gonna want to super glue the threads because sometimes the threads come apart. Okay. But I've caught so the first, I would say, 12 to 15 fish that were 48 or bigger that I caught were all on that inhaler. Really? Mm-hmm. It's insane how many big fish you on the inhaler. Everybody thinks they're dumb because they're simple, really simple baits. Sure. You know, they're not flashy. They're not catching your eye going, ooh, I got to buy that. Ooh, I got to buy that. But they're very, very effective on this lake.
0: And it's funny that you mentioned that. A lot of the, a lot, you know, you go and look at this big giant wall of hmm. and a lot of them are gimmicky or, I mean. Very that bait maker or that lure maker is catering to the fisherman i think sometimes oh, way more to the fisherman yeah. than the fish yeah without a doubt and you know even me i, I mean i tie my own flies that you know i fly fish for muskies when i can today it was awfully windy so yeah, it's right? tough i don't <laughs> want to hook myself in the back of the head yeah and have you take a hook out of the back of my head but i mean i you know i'll i'll take you know five extra minutes per fly just to add you know a little bit here a little bit there mm-hmm. or make it look just right but i'm i'm more doing that for confidence for myself yes 100 yep. and
1: and i feel like that's really important i mean to have confidence in what you're using is huge because you get a lot of guys that want to switch baits constantly over and over they're flipping baits and they're wasting time not casting by doing that sure I think you're going to catch more fish personally by making more casts as opposed to swishing your bait constantly. Yeah. Personally.
0: More time in the water.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people are, they get too close to the weeds or they stay too far back. Okay. But you can get close enough. I mean, there's no reason that you need to be making these bomb casts. I mean, generally, I'd say 80% of my fish that I've caught have been in the first 20 feet of a cast or the last 20 feet of a cast. Obviously, there's, you know, you can catch them in the middle too. But... Why not shorten it up? Mm-hmm. Why not get more casts? And you know, let's say you're only making fifty casts on a spot, whatever it may be. Well, let's you get you close half the distance that you're casting. You get another another fifty. You get a hundred casts on the spot. Yep. And you're picking it apart better. There's times where you pretty much have to drop that bait right on the fish's nose just to get them to eat mm-hmm. or follow, where it may be, because they they're lazy. But they can also be opportunistic. You know, they see something that's right here in their face and they can just and yep. suck it in yep. they're gonna do it
0: minimal effort exactly I move for this thing so if you yeah.
1: make more casts you the opportunity of plopping it right in front of their face goes up exponentially
0: makes sense so i forget the first one you mentioned the first bait
1: um it's a baby flasher from shumway okay um and then the next one inhaler, the inhaler. okay uh, the smaller one the and those are both series. blades they're both blades okay. so one's a a fluted single blade the inhaler is and the other one's two colorados choose the number seven okay. colorados then if you had to twist my arm on a third one, uh I would probably choose a jackpot. It's a topwater jerkbait. Okay. I'd be a kind of a toss up between a hellhound, a subsurface or a jackpot topwater. You know, if during the daytime I'd be throwing a hellhound, you know, for a jerkbait, for a backup bait. In the evening, I'd be throwing a jackpot. So I guess four baits, Okay, but all right. Th- that's what I would do. A bonus bait. Yep. Okay.
0: <laughs> so stuff that actually rides pretty high in the water column. Yes. But it makes sense because you said, you know, fish come up to feed. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're hungry, they're going to come up out of the, a little bit deeper water yep. and go feed.
1: Well, not only that, but let's look at a muskie's uh, anatomical structure. Their eyes are positioned towards the side of their head mm-hmm. and kind of upward. That's why it's so effective doing a figure eight. So when you make that first turn, you're going down and then you bring it up on the outside turn. It's easier for them to see out of the corner of their eye. And they can peg it because they they always want to t-bone stuff.
0: Always. Mm -hmm. Yep. Sweet. It makes sense.
1: Mm Hmm. Well, I mean, if you really simplify it, it all makes sense. But people always want to overcomplicate everything.
0: Yep. You don't need to. Yep. Not at all. Keep it simple. Mm Hmm. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So after I hit the after I hit the done record button, I'm going to give you an assignment. I'm going to give you one hour. To go out and catch a muskie yep i want to know you don't have to tell me exactly where don't point to a spot on the map behind me but tell me you know what that spot looks like Mm -hmm. and what you're going to be throwing
1: if it's this time of year for sure um if you can always find a rock weed combo okay you're almost always going to have muskies on it Yep. you know you got the best of both worlds they're warming up from the rocks from underneath and above from the sun and then you also got the oxygenated water from the weeds and the extra cover.
0: So are you talking like uh, just on like an like a, a random shoreline or is this like an isolated rock weed deal? So
1: if it were me, I would be choosing something not so like out in the middle of the lake. Okay. You know, after the walleys have moved to the big part of the lake, these muskies are constantly, they're going to be around that island. Let's say it's mm-hmm. an island. You got a couple islands together and you got rocks, weeds in between. That'd be the
0: first place I go. So they have access to deep water, yep. rocks to help warm them up mm-hmm. and push push walleyes against. Yep. And weeds to help ambush. Yep. Okay.
1: That's that's what I would pick.
0: Okay. But what are you throwing?
1: Uh, I'd be throwing a baby flasher all day. Okay. Baby flasher. Yeah, mm-hmm. your number one bait, My like number you just one said. Bait.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. Now answer that question on August 30th.
1: August 30th, I'm going to probably a point, a deep water point that has big boulders coming off of it that I know I've had walleyes on. Okay. So a lot of these walleyes, August 30th, are going to be in about 26 to 30 feet of water. Deep.
0: Deep. A lot deeper than they are right now. A lot deeper than they are right
1: now those muskies are constantly going from the deep water up into the they're going into the shallows to warm up it's getting cold that time of year mm-hmm. so they're coming up into the shallow water you're know, getting warmed up you know there's still some walleye shallow but for the most part they're deep so they're going to these deep uh reservoirs going after the walleyes to feed and they're still coming up but they're putting the feed bag on so they're also eating shallow they're eating deep they're, eating, they're just eating yeah is what they're doing <laughs> and I, i'm picking a big point with big boulders next to deep water
0: okay so there's, I mean,
1: not terribly
0: different than right now. No. Yeah. Nope. Maybe not so much weeds.
1: Yeah. The, the weeds are The weeds are kind of dying. dying off. Yep. 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 Okay. They're losing their oxygen content, and they're actually, I mean, almost becoming acidic, you know, with no different than a leaf in, in the fall falling yeah. from a tree.
0: Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Hmm. Well, that's cool. hmm That's sweet. You know, and I think answering some of these questions that I've got for you. Selfishly, it's helping me, you know, no, in, the, right. in the boat it. tomorrow, but <laughs> I mean, Hey, it's, it's great. I think for people to know, you know, you know, listeners out there, you know, how, how can they use your advice to better their, better their success? Absolutely. So it's, it's cool, man. I, I, it's, I appreciate it. We all appreciate it, man. Sure. It's cool. I, and uh, this next question I, I like to ask all my guests, it's a, a question I ask everybody who's been on the podcast is can you tell me about a time when you were outdoors when time was standing still?
1: So this is actually pretty recent. I'm not going to say that it was really fishing or hunting related, but it had to do with the resort. So my dad recently got diagnosed with cancer Mm -hmm. and he's had to take a lot of time away from the resort. And he's obviously he's gone right now. You know, he, he basically just comes up here and, and relaxes, you know, he's lost a lot of the energy, but we were leaving the resort probably a month after I might get a little choked up when I do this, but uh, that's fine. Um, we were leaving the resort and my dad honestly thought that it was going to be the last time he saw the resort. Sure. And I just remember we sat there in the boat and nobody said a word. Oh God, I'm already starting to get a little soft here. Yeah. Nobody said a word. And my dad literally just was looking at camp you know because he basically there wasn't very many people coming here when he first started working you know yep. like he's built the business up to what it is now
0: absolutely and it's a fine business i might add right yeah you guys are doing a hell of a job well
1: oh, thank you yeah but uh i just remember we were staring at the cabin and and we were sitting side by side and you know you you didn't realize how important the resort was to him yep and and i felt that you know, cause he wants me to keep it in the family mm-hmm. and everything else. And I really want to do that too, but nothing else mattered. I mean, we're literally just staring at our cabin, yep. just looking at it. I mean, and it was, I don't know. It really hit home because yeah. it's like, I, I mean, I didn't know if he was going to be here the following summer. I didn't know if he was going to be here in the winter. Absolutely. He just didn't know.
0: Yeah. It's, I mean, that's a long time. I mean, back in 1997, I mean, Mm-hmm. shit we were just little little yeah, I mean, back I then playing, <laughs> yeah playing playing little league ball and running mm-hmm. around beating our brothers and sisters up you know and, right and i mean now it's i mean you got like i said you guys are doing a hell of a job and there's a reason my dad and i come back every year and mm-hmm. my uncle tom who's he'll come up you know he's coming up a couple times this year so i mean there's a reason that you know we keep coming back yeah the fishing's great yep. but you guys are doing a hell of a job hosting well, sure, too sure. and the boats are i mean the boats are always in great shape you replace the props mm-hmm. yeah i know right? <laughs> yeah. replace the props all the time and i'm sure it's nonstop it is you it's know. constant and you know this water's this water this year's a little bit lower yep. as we mentioned too so there's a little more little more rocks that'll pop yep. up you know but um yeah i mean that's sweet that's awesome yeah it's, that's it's what it's great. all about yep. i'm sure for you you know, it's, it's a, it's a way of life for you and it's, uh, you know, your job. Right. But when it hits like that, it's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Yep. That's, that's sweet, man. sweet. Cool. Great example. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so last thing, I got 10 questions for you. I didn't tell you about these before. That's all right. Let's um, do it. <laughs> it's my this or that section. It's a series of 10 questions, two different options. Um, so I'll rattle them off. You tell me which you, th- whatever you think is cooler at the time. If you want to elaborate, go for it. If not, that's just fine too. Okay. All right. Question number one, morning or evening bite? Evening. All right. Weed beds or rock points? Big fish, rock points. All right. Figure eights or ovals? Figure eights. Okay. Natural or bright flashy colors? Natural. All right. Walleyes, right? Yep. Yeah. All mm-hmm. right. It makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Simple
0: blades or rubber blades and you kind of answered that Mm -hmm. you know with your first three questions (laughs) so yeah yeah and great examples as well all right now if i give i got one tag in my pocket and it's for either of these two species moose or bear one and i'm I'm giving it to you
1: 100% of moose really 100% do you guys do bear trips up here at all we used to do bear um but it was it was a lot of work I mean, you're baiting bears constantly. You got to do it every day. Our every day. area was up on the North Lake, so we're going through that shallow rapids every day. Yep. But uh, the moose are—I don't know. There's just something different about moose. You're calling them. I mean, these things are seven feet tall. Yeah. Like, I mean, I—I I was with my dad. We were hunting together, and I called one into six yards. <laughs> I mean, this thing's coming right at you. It could trample you. And yeah. You're shooting it at six yards.
0: And in this in this country, I mean, you. Gotta, if you're in the woods, you gotta call them close.
1: Yep, I mean, I mean, you can. There's some areas that are open, but for the most part, you can't see. Oh, you could, you can't even almost see your hand in front of your face because yep. it's so thick,
0: right? Right, yikes. It's a definitely a bucket list item of mine to shoot a mm-hmm. moose, and yeah, uh, I can't imagine it'd be so cool. All right, next question I know you're a whitetail guy, like we talked about before. Fixed blades or mechanicals?
1: <sighs> mechanicals,
0: all right, tough one for you. Mm-hmm. Was it?
1: Well, you know, if we're doing just whitetails mechanicals. Okay.
0: Alright. Lowrance or hummingbird?
1: Lowrance for me. Okay. Uh I've used Lorance forever, but I like hummingbirds too, but Lorance.
0: Alright. Prefrontal or postfrontal bite? Pre. Alright. And now moons. Moon phases. New moon. Do they okay.
1: <laughs> I'm assuming that's what you're asking, yeah, but yeah,
0: well, well, do they matter or don't they?
1: Uh I would say they do. I've okay. seen more big fish the first couple days leading into either a full moon or a new moon, but new moon I've f- probably seen way more bigger fish than on a full. Gotcha.
0: All right, Bobby, that concludes it. I nice. appreciate it. I oh, appreciate absolutely. it. It's been a blast talking with you and it's been a blast up here. I have yep. a blast every time I come up. Good. I'm glad. All right, man. Thanks again.
1: No problem.